The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. Twenty-five years ago today, arguably one of the most shocking things in the history of professional wrestling took place at the Survivor Series, the 1997 pay-per-view where Bret Hart was screwed, quite frankly. The Montreal Screwjob took place. We may be able to dive a bit more in-depth on that later today, but there is so much else to talk about. We've got to talk about a lot of wrestling. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Bunker Mania. Bunkerzilla UK's official pro wrestling podcast. We are here to talk about the wrestling. I am Jeremy Graves. Thank you very much for checking out the show and joining me as per usual to help to help guide me along the way. Hopefully keep me on subject here and there because who knows what I could say tonight. It's been a long day, but he is my good friend in crime, the Decadane, Mr. Ian Bolton. Good sir, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday, the 9th of November, 2022? I'm doing okay. I'm doing fine. I'm trying to catch up with some wrestling bits because it's been a busy couple of weeks for me. It's winter. It's dark at night, early now. I don't like it. It scares me. There we go. It's not. Thank you for listening, everybody. Well, thought <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to be a bombastic, yeah, yeah, hype moment, hype moment for all. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been a busy couple of weeks. It's been a busy couple of weeks. I've been doing stuff. I've been going to cons. I've been seeing films. I actually saw Black Adam. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, um, technically a wrestling-related subject, so, you know. It is. It is. <laughs> it is. And and it, it, it oh, didn't mean to hit my mic there, but uh, yes, it's all right. It's fine. I mean, The Rock appears. The Rock does The Rock stuff again. Doesn't really get defeated in battle or get knocked down. It's kind of like the whole thing of Fast and Furious has come back again. I was like, you can't, he can't, he can't be defeated. He can't fall over. Can't show that he's injured, but he can just walk through walls for so for some reason. Because of course not. We now, may come uh, back to this as a topic, but and, just I in mean, case, on the off chance people don't want something spoiled, otherwise I might say something. But before we go any further, sir, a quick shout out to everybody watching live here on YouTube. Thank you very much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. If you want to post comments as we go along, we may get to those comments during the show as it progresses. If you're listening after the fact, thank you very much for checking out the show. And of course, if you are one of our audio-only listeners joining us on the likes of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast, you can hit that subscribe button and do tell a friend. We would really appreciate it. I suppose the burning question now is, will we talk more Black Adam before the end of the show? Find out as we progress through the topics, because we have got a lot of ground to cover since our last show. Mm -hmm. We've got WWE's Crown Jewel pay-per-view, which took place this past weekend at the time we are recording this. We have got AEW's full gear coming up in just about a week and a half now, if I've got my dates right. There's also a few other bits and bobs on the news front as well. And so... Ian, I need to start off. I don't know if this is an, an apology from me, but I'm going to partially call it an apology because I didn't know I was going to do this. For some reason, which I still can't figure out, I ended up watching all of Crown Jewel. <laughs> what a lovely segue into, into the first topic. <laughs> just, I know on the accidentally, last podcast, but- just accidentally just rolled into it. It's not like it's on a script. 
No, but literally, because uh, I remember on the last show we did, I outright said, I ain't going to watch it. I said, I'll probably check out the main event out of morbid curiosity. I have mm. zero intention of watching it. I can't remember the timeline, but I think I end up putting the show on to think, right, let's you know, for, try and figure out what the match order is. And I saw the first match was Brock and Lashley. I thought, oh, go on. I'll watch a giant horse fight. Go on. Go on. Go and on. then I just was kind of on my phone for a decent amount. I had a pizza, which was nice, and I just mm. didn't turn it off. <laughs> and then I just ended it, up watching it, the whole show. It it was your background background amusement for Saturday night. Yeah, and I will say, as a show overall, all all politicky stuff aside, and all that stuff we've covered that before. Mm. As a show, it wasn't actually too bad. No, no. I mean, it's it's the continuing trend of the Triple H era of decent wrestling shows when it comes to these uh, premium live events or big pay per views whether they be A-grade shows or B-grade shows, they they deliver in some way. And yeah, I mean, some of the matches are kind of throwaway, per se. I mean, you look at, say, Usos versus Brawling Brutes. I mean, results never in question because they'd been heavily talking about the New Day, and that's leading into SmackDown this Friday. So it's more, it's more like a nice little showcase match just to kind of, again, show off the Brawling Brutes, who are improving, and it's great to see. And they seem to be getting well with crowds as well. Um, so only, only a few kind of things were kind of story. I think only a few things were kind of story pushed a bit. Obviously, we've got, we have the main event, Reigns and Paul, which we will talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's like some stories are just kind of finishing up, like Drew and Carrion and and Damage Control and Belair, uh, Bliss and Oscar is still a thing. Which is going to lead into war games, which again we'll we'll talk about later on. But generally, generally decent show, I think, from what I've seen. I haven't seen all of it, but from what I've seen, it was a pretty decent show. Yeah, I mean, overall, it, put it this way, it, 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 this is going to sound harsh. It's missable. Like the you really don't need to see the show, but if you're looking for something just to kill some time, and you're like, go on, have it on. There's definitely some things worth checking out on there, like the main event. Mm. And I mean this in the politest way possible. It's probably a good as place as any, any to start, actually. Yeah. I don't want to say the phrase, it's far better than it had any right to be, but it was far better than it had any right to be. <laughs> <laughs> because Logan Paul's two matches he's had before this have been great. Like It's mm. undeniable. They have been great, be it because of the people he was in the ring with, just the circumstance. Everything about it has worked out great. Was I happy to see Logan Paul's brother, Jake Paul, involved? No. Absolutely not. But it was a minor thing. It's clearly going to lead to a match with him and Solo Sokoa at some point or some kind of confrontation. Heck, maybe a tag match in the future. That will probably be a way to get around that. But in terms of the match itself, it was, as is kind of traditional traditional now for Roman's Reigns matches, as I figured out, incredibly slow beginning. My God, it was so slow. But when it picked up, it picked up. And I'm... I could go on a very long tangent, but I'll try and keep this brief so I can ask you a question to see what your take on this is. But okay, I thought the idea that Roman Reigns was underestimating Logan Paul was a good story. But I think the idea he was underestimating him to the point where Logan Paul, Logan Paul, excuse me, could dethrone him. I, given it's what his third match in. There's an mm. element of it which I just I don't think that element of it worked particularly well. There's very I I, I don't know I, it's really hard to articulate that, but that part of it took me out of it. But as a match on its own, 
I thought it was very, very strong. Because conceivably, Roman could just underestimate someone. But the idea that he would underestimate someone in a defense of his championship to that degree, that that level of rookie, if you will. Mm. There was a part of it that just didn't sit as well with me, but not taking away from Logan Paul himself. I kind of think they, I think, considering, I think considering it's Paul's third match, I think the fact of Reigns really underestimating does kind of work in this storyline per se. And being very dismissive of Paul throughout most of this little feud. I mean, even in the like the opening bits and pieces where they're doing obviously the arm, the arm, the arm chokes and the, the chin locks and stuff like that. And you got Reigns calling out other YouTubers for no reason of, other than just to kind of be be the dickish heel that he is. Um no, I think I think the underestimating element worked to the point that it made a potential believable case that Paul could win. I mean, because again, it's like, as much as when we talked about it previously, and we we were both pretty much unanimous in agreement that Reigns has to win this. Otherwise, the world, the wrestling world as we know it is going to end. But again, it's like part of me, part of me coming into the match still had that sense of they could, couldn't they? Just for, Just to get like, headline news, especially with a star like Logan Paul, especially in the social climate and especially in social media, sports and stuff like that. It's like WWE, I mean, under under Vince, under Vince, I would not, I would probably say this was highly more likely to happen. But there was always that sort of slight bit of, who could actually win the belt here? What but if? I, what if, yeah. Yeah, it's a what if side of thing. But, um, but no, like the right decision. It's like a Marvel comic. Yeah, I mean the right decision still happened. Reigns was the right person to win. The reign continues. Um, ha ha! See what I did there. Yeah, ha! See what I did there. Um, but um, <laughs> but no. I, ultimately, in all, I thought it was just yeah. This was. I mean, I thought we will have a fun match. I didn't expect it to be this sort of fun. And again, it's, again, it's a showcase for Paul's just sheer athleticism of he's, just doing he's insane. He's it's like he, he's annoyingly good. That's the way I'm going to put it. He's annoyingly too good at this, but I mean that in a positive way. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you, you see him like doing like jumps off the top of the top turnbuckle, getting height just like the same as like Montez Ford. It's like, this is this is just madness in a way. Did you, did you see his buckshot lariat that he did? Oh, yes. <laughs> it was really good. It, it rattled. It's, it's a buckshot lariat that some people are going... It might it might be better than Hangman Pages. I mean, I think I like Pages more, more Pages Pages more. I like Pages one more simply because of uh, because the 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 clothesline instantly connects after like the the front flip with Paul. He did a front flip and then a slight run in the clothesline, which hmm. doesn't really feel like a buckshot lariat to me. But it was still very impressive to see, nonetheless. To be honest, um, on the scale of buckshot lariats that have been attempted <laughs> this this calendar year. We've got Adam Page, mm-hmm. Logan Paul, CM Punk. I think you have to go much <laughs> lower for CM Punk. I think you have to yeah, go right. right to the fo- right to the bottom of the floor. Because <laughs> bless him, he tried, but it broke exactly. His foot. And John, as, as did Logan Paul. He freaking screwed up his knee and and mm. like his leg all sorts of sideways and whatnot. He did mm. it by by various accounts. Now I think he did it on the big table spot where he was filming himself in oh. the air launching to Roman. Around, I think, around there or just after, maybe. But I mean, yeah. it's like watching the match, you couldn't really tell that he damaged his leg. 
which you'd never have known. You, you you would never have known until he did his little social media post. Oh, I've taught a few things. Yay, wrestling. Here, here's me on the trainer's table with a ridiculously large ice bag on it. Oh no. Um, but yeah, obviously one of the big the big clips of the weekend is obviously Logan Paul actually recording himself doing said move with his own phone, which was pretty cool, especially with the slow motion bit of him in midair before crashing down on Roman. I gotta admit, it's like might not like the guy, but that was kind of cool. You know what else was 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 funny more than anything? <laughs> Wade Barrett politely calling out Logan Paul for using his bad news Barrett podium for his entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Only I could give some bad news. <laughs> I will say I totally forgot that that Wade Barrett was doing commentary on the main roster now because I don't watch the weekly TV yeah, stuff. Yeah, um, Barrett Barrett does SmackDown only. Uh, Corey Graves should have been doing premium live events, uh, but obviously with uh, the recent news of uh, Carmella, unfortunately, P- personal things, things with Car- Carmella, yeah, personal yeah, thing, and, yeah, and what she yeah. announced recently, which yeah, with yeah. her pregnancy and stuff like that, I think it was fairly understandable why. Uh, Graves was not there, but I mean, I'm happy with Barrett as a commentator. I mean, he he, he was he's fairly easy to listen to in NXT when he was there, and yeah, absolutely fine on SmackDown to be perfectly honest. But um, it's I mean, it's it's still quite fun. It's just still quite fun listening to Cole just unrestricted now from Vince McMahon and just screaming one lucky punch. It's one lucky punch. It's like it's one lucky punch a better punching move than the Big Show's slow punch. There's the question that no one needs to discuss. <laughs> I mean, the bigger thing that still needs to be addressed at some point is that a punch is not a legal wrestling move. <laughs> Just saying. But we can move on. So, yeah, the match was really freaking good. There, mm-hmm. There's a fantastic photo that has done the rounds of Logan Paul about 50 million feet in the air trying to do a punch towards Roman Reigns and there's Roman just ready to pop him as well. And the amount of parody images that have come around from that, it's been a wonderful thing amongst the sea of insanity that Twitter I mean, is at the moment. I mean, uh, Botchamania has been sharing some of the best ones. Uh, one I shared with, one, the one I shared with Jeremy <laughs> was March Simpson just kind of, just kind of like compressing herself into the ground, ready to like do a boogie or something like that. Like, if you want to try and bring it up on screen for the video viewers, you can if you want to. Uh, I will see if I can, but there was also the, there was also another one of, of, of Guile ready to do the like the, the sonic kick. Oh, the flash <laughs> kick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. I'll see, I'll see if I can find it. I'll see if I can find it. Oh, there we go. So where do we go from here? Obviously, Logan Paul is injured. To, to the severity of it, we still don't fully know yet. But I think the initial prognosis, like without scans, was a torn ACL, like MCL, and possibly a meniscus injury, which is like, you've, you've basically lost a leg <laughs> in many ways. Pretty much. So one would assume if, lo- not if, when Logan Paul does something else actively in ring, one would assume the absolute earliest it could ever possibly be at this point would be WrestleMania. More likely, SummerSlam, in my opinion. Uh, it it really depends on the severity. I mean, a video has gone out today of Paul already doing rehab. Um, mm. So obviously, if it was really serious, I guess you wouldn't be seeing the levels of kind of rehabbing that, that they're starting to do mm. in the in in the video. So may, maybe it's a mild tear. Maybe it's not as bad as, say, ones that cause people to be out of action for like 
for nearly a year. Maybe so. Logan Paul's just like a new John Cena where he could just get better miraculously. Probably. There's also that as well with his athleticism. Mm. Um, but I mean, on my notes, I've, I've, I've basically said we're so getting the Paul Brothers versus the Usos at Mania. But, <laughs> pardon me. Or, Is or, that what you're thinking now? It, mm. That's what I'm thinking. Or a six-man tag and they'll bring KSI along. Yeah, I it, could see yeah, that. It could work. It could work. I mean, also... I said I didn't like, want of Logan Paul's podcast lackeys also get pummeled in the match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, complete complete side tangent. Um, footballer, uh, Akin Fenway. Used to play for Wickham Wonders. For Wickham, so added by Akin Fenway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he, he's recently done... I think he's about to or has recently just done some stuff for progress or just being kind of like involved in a progress event. He, he's built uh, like a freaking tank. He oh, should have yes. always done it. Oh yes, absolutely, and uh, there's a, I think there's a documentary on Amazon Prime which is talking about his football career. And so I'm looking forward to what the next steps of his career going to be. He's blatantly doing wrestling now. <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> considering he did like considering he did like a really cool like 30 minute interview with Sheamus while they're both kind of working out of the gym and just really getting psyched up for Clash of the Castle. I think we've talked about that before, but um, mm. but um, yes, uh, going going back across to. Uh, Logan Paul and stuff like that. I would not be surprised. I think it could be, in more chances, it could be a six man tag if we're mm. going to include um, Solo Secure in there as well. Maybe. I don't know. And uh, for the benefit of the uh, video uh, watchers and the people on YouTube right now, here's that wonderful image. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> just a picture of Marge Simpson in place of Roman Reigns getting ready to just wallop Logan Paul. Great. <laughs> she looks far too happy to be in that ring. <laughs> Uh, Look how I mean, high he is, her, though. It's all her rage building up. Look at how high he is, though. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. Really you know what mad. I will say, actually? And this is perhaps an incredibly weird observation to make. Mm. But obviously, when it comes to, like, really prominent YouTubers and, like, I'll call them, like, video, internet video celebrities, if you will. Not, so the people Content really, creators. Thank you. That's, I couldn't think of the word. There we go. That's um, what we kind of are away. The, the proper high echelon level. And it shows you I'm not one because I couldn't remember that phrase. But the reaction of the crowd in Saudi Arabia, it kind of gives a new level of appreciation to just how far an audience level like that does travel. Mm. Because obviously we know that you hear all the time about people of that ilk being really popular globally. You maybe see them go and do a tour or something or make a public appearance and it's always popular. Mm. But it was notable in the crowd. I think even for some of the press conference footage that they showed as well, that everyone knew who he was. And there were people yeah. proper reacting to him. And it kind I of mean, just really adds the appreciation of why, as much as some people could in some ways very fairly be very against the idea of Logan Paul being in a wrestling ring, in terms of eyeballs and what he brings with him, mm. it, you, you totally understand it. And it is completely justifiable. I mean, going on those lines, but kind of looking more at the roster at the moment, one of the most surprising things at, um, say, the press conference per se, are chance for Sami Zayn. Hmm. Which, I mean, Hashtag we have, awkward. We, yeah, <laughs> awkward. I think I think we have talked about why Sami yeah. does not go to the Saudi shows anyway. Um, but again, it's again something like that is is a testament of how big of a star his he is becoming in WWE. That's that's the thing. It's like he's he's arguably one arguably one of, if not the best thing currently in WWE. And because because I don't think we've talked about the the UC promo. <laughs> we haven't yet. I <laughs> Oh 
Not feeling very oozy. Not feeling very oozy. That that segment is probably one of the most, it's kind of like, it had everything. It had drama. It had suspense when Jay just went, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief wants. With the with the Roman Reigns stare down the camera of, oh, shit, son, you've messed up. <laughs> and then also him trying it not to corpse as well because of the yeah. whole Usi thing and just the reaction. Just Jay having to hold his hand up in front of his face just to block himself. It's- and Roman going, no, 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 no. You come here. You come stand with us. <laughs> you take this pain with us. Just- just the biggest troll in the world. It was just the biggest rib. It was so good. But that's but that's how good like Zayn and the Bloodline storyline has got so far. It's like it's like you go from holy shit, this is happening moment of like Jay being the one to kind of really irk Roman Reigns, or to the to just like it's like when again it's like it's very similar to when Sammy lost his t-shirt and got a new t-shirt. And it's like you have that sort of oh this is fun oh no this is about to go this is about to go wrong and there's like, oh no it's great everyone cheer and have a nice laugh and that sort of stuff I mean it, it the dread's coming the dread is still there sooner or later something is happening either to Sammy or to Jay maybe who knows mm. chances are it'll probably be Sammy and um, the logical time at the moment for it to potentially happen is probably Survivor Series because we now, mm. not to jump too far ahead because we'll get onto it proper, mm. but we now know seemingly that the War Games matches are five on five. Yes. For sure now. So yes. what are there currently in the bloodline? There's five people if you include Sammy. It's like... We've got a Roman. We've got some Usos. We've got a Solo. And we've got a little Sammy Zayn over there. So fingers point quite literally to that being... One team. That being the time for it to happen, mm. or but, some, or okay. something in that, or something in the war games match happens for the following show or so for said yeah. event to happen. Again, it's like the whole thing of Jay kind of going against Roman or kind of shouting his displeasure at Roman. Kind of makes the suggestion that it it might not be Sammy who's getting the the boot per se. It might it might very well be Jay. Jay might go off feud against the bloodline with his own little faction or something. I don't know. Which in a way would be a very weird full circle thing, given how this all started. Considering, yeah, considering the main event GA Uso storyline in a way. Mm. But the fact is that's, I think that's the good thing about this, this storyline, especially with the bloodline right now is it can go anywhere. It can fracture. It can, can fracture off in different places. So forth. It's, it's, and part of me really wants to see, Sami Zayn get renamed Sami Uso and be the adopted son of Rikishi. <laughs> My word. The, the, the other thing as well, though, is this story, and I appreciate we're devoting so much time to this, but that's how good it is. Mm, but yeah. it's this story is now at a point where everyone wants to see what's what's the next big chapter. Yeah. Like what's gonna be the next big sort of cliffhanger moment? Mm. And there is a danger potentially of whatever they do, it's either gonna swim like the the greatest duck to water in the world, or it could just sink like a slab of concrete in an ocean. Because it depends how they do it. And one of the other elements, which is a potential wrinkle, depending on how far along they are rehabbing, is where, if at all, does Cody Rhodes fit in? 
Mm. Because logic would dictate if a year ago, well, I say a year ago, WrestleMania, he came back and after that was saying he wants to win the title, the logical assumption was he'll dethrone Roman. Mm. It made sense at the time, but now the, the rise of Sammy. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of spinning plates in the air. That again, I say it's the wrong way to say because spinning plates are kind of like things that need to be looked after. It's kind of like there are a lot of options now appearing on the table. To us, because originally it's like after Drew, I think a lot of us were kind of just going, well, where do we go from here now? Mm. In a way, because we were still unsure about how Canyon Cross would fit into this. Again, people were still kind of thinking. Again, back mind thinking maybe Cody, but. The rise of Sammy, we've got Bray back and doing his own wacky thing, which again is again captivating. But it's it's I feel that's a slow burner. I feel that's a slow burner at the moment. Um, I he hasn't done anything. <laughs> well, he's he's doing internal character monologuing, which is very good. So and I, something I, was teased as well with Alexa Bliss and a backstage promo at Crown Jewel. Yes. With the with the white set or the so called white six logo, it's like mm. so it's a weird faction name, but only if there's six. It would work if there's only six, if there's six members. I don't know. Anyway, um, I, I, yes, I, I, I know, I I know, I know, I know. They all, all the the six reflect to is different like personas across WWE. Um, where was I going with this? But yeah, I think this the rise of I mean, Sammy. The, this rise of Sammy. Interesting thing. Elimination Chambers in Canada this year or next year. So. Part of me is thinking, maybe if we're pulling the trigger on Sammy eventually going face or be, being babyface against Roman, you could have a match at Elimination Chamber. Whoever wins Rumble, which could very well be Cody, could be Cody. I mean, could could be The Rock if they're going to do The Rock. But then again, I don't, again, it's like as much as The Rock and Roman does not need the belts but they're probably going to end up using mm. the belts, which will be a shame. But if that's the case, if it's the belts, then Roman has to win, to be perfectly honest. It's not, it's, <laughs> I think we've talked about this too many times. It's like, mm. there's so, this is the thing. There are so many different elements and people, because again, it's like Bray didn't lose his, Bray didn't get pinned all those months ago for Ro, Ro, Roman to start his reign. He pinned Braun. <laughs> Sorry, you saying Roman to start his reign. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This is the problem when you call someone rain. rain Would you like another potential wrinkle that I think could, if WWE went in this direction with how they're going to do it, this could be a wrinkle. WrestleMania is in Hollywood. Mm. If there was ever a time to have The Rock headlining a WrestleMania. (laughs) I think that's, that's the sole reason. I think that's probably one of the sole reasons it's in Hollywood is they want that match. And, Mm. I would love to see that match. I think a lot of fans would love to see that match. The question is, I think the thing is, I'll believe it when they pull the trigger on it. And if they don't pull the trigger on it at WrestleMania next year, I don't think it will happen. I don't think it will happen. Or if anything, it will devolve into like maybe a promo segment or something like that. Mm. I mean, a way to get around the title problem, which depending on how you want the, the cards to shape out, would basically be have Roman defend the belt night one and night two is him v The Rock. Either way, it's a non-title match. Mm. But to advertise it ahead of time, this isn't about the belt. This is about family sort of thing. Yeah. That's one way of potentially doing it. But um, it would work the other way around though. I think it will work better the other way around where it's Roman Rock for the belt. Roman wins, but he still has to face 
another person on Sunday night. And mm. then you've got your your crowning moment of whoever they have picked to be the one to dethrone him, get the belt at WrestleMania. Mm. It, it, it could be as simple as that. Again, it's like it's. I think it's a it's a, it's, a, it's an exciting thing for WWE fans or wrestling fans doing that because it's, there's so many factors now going on. It's like there's not just a clear there's there's not a clear answer to this. There are many other alternatives. There are many other answers. There are many other ways. I mean, hell, who knows? It could be someone who's still who hasn't even joined the company yet. It's it's it could be Braun Breaker for all we know. He might, he might just pop up to WrestleMania and just go, I just want a chance to prove myself, like he did against Ellie Knight on the very first 2.0 episode, and then suddenly win. <laughs> Weirder so, things have happened. Weirder exactly. things have happened. So in an attempt to try and get through a bit more of, of Crown Jewel, as yeah. it were, some other just yeah. quick notes. The Usos, as you mentioned, retained a tag team titles yeah. against Brawling Brutes. Drew mm-hmm. McIntyre... Sorry? No, no, I was, I was nodding. I was green. Oh, sorry. I thought I was wrong then for a second. Sorry. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. Drew McIntyre beat Karrion Cross in a cage match, which somehow still had Scarlet be involved. But you know, that that's what that's what cage matches are for. They keep people out. They keep people out. No, no. You get a padded cell that keeps people out. You can still spray base through the blooming bars. Or the. I mean, look at this point. Have a hang above the ring in a shark cage. Problem solved. Well, no, it won't be problem solved. She'll drop down some mace. Just, anyway. just, 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 just spray the mace from above and just see where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> we had, we had Bianca Belair defeating Bailey in a ladder match, which involved a golf buggy being used on the entrance ramp. Correction: Last woman standing. There, sorry, it's because there was a ladder involved. That's why. Yes, I ladder that, was involved there. in the finish. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, g- good match. I thought I did some cool stuff. I, I, I feared for Bailey's knee every single time. <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, yeah, the, the, the golf buggy thing was interesting. I will say, and even Wade Barrett had to acknowledge it on commentary, when they were driving down the entrance ramp and Bailey was hanging on for dear life, even Wade basically went, wasn't that fast. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... Yeah, I agree, Wade. Thank you for speaking my mind. They're Thank very you. slowly getting to the ring. <laughs> Damage Control won the belts back from oh, uh, Asuka and uh, Alexa Bliss. I don't know why I totally blanked on who it was then. Mm-hmm. So title change on the show. It, it's a noteworthy show in that sense. Mm-hmm. We had the Judgment Day defeating the OC in a six-man tag match. Very. <laughs> there was also the other element in the back of my mind because... I can't remember if they still acknowledged Anderson being the never champion of New Japan. It's like, that's a bit on the I nose, given think... he was meant to wrestle that same day in Japan. I think they have referenced... Well, I mean, I can't remember if they no. acknowledged it on the actual show, but I have a vague I'm not feeling sure on they that may show, have done. But I think they have, I think they have mentioned it prior. I think yeah, they have so that's kind of still a thing looming over. But mm. it was good to see those folks back together. And of course, Brock Lesnar beats Bobby Lashley. By by pure by pure accident by just going I'm just going to roll onto 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 Bobby's back ah oh, I've won <laughs> if you ever thought that the finish would be basically like Stone Cold and Bret Hart from Survivor Series '96 the Million Dollar Dream pinfall it was basically that it's just like wow way to make two horses look like that they didn't just pummel each other but. To a point, Lashley did just kind of manhandle Brock for most of that match, and then after the match as well. So I think the nice thing is we're seeing Lashley being built up to a similar level as Lesnar now. So it's not like mm. Lesnar just does 
suplex, 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 F5. Oh, Lesnar's won. I mean, I think they're, I think they're turning, I think Lashley's going heel at the moment, looking on Raw. Um, but again, it's like, Lashley's good when he's just obliterating people. There's a great video of him doing a promo backstage at Raw this week. Mustafa Ali just tries to attack him. He just picks up Ali, throws him, and you just see him in the background just fall, just smack onto some cases and just roll off into like a, into a small hole or something like that. It's like, right, I've dealt with that. Let's get on with this and the other thing. <laughs> Speaking of backstage segments on Raw, hmm. can we talk about Nikki Cross and damage control? Yes, we can. Let me bring up the WWE Roundup button. There we go. Okay. Okay, we're done with Crown Jewel. So there was a very fun segment backstage whereby Damage Control were walking with Nikki Cross. He was just staring off, off to yonder. And they're walking by a bin. And Nikki Cross attempts to throw the 24-7 title belt into the bin, somehow misses it, you hear it land in a heap on the, on the ground. And I think like Bailey and Dakota are like looking on. And apparently just before the, the segment was shut off, like even Dakota walked into a wall or something. <laughs> just, <laughs> it was like, it had to have been a live segment. But one of my favorite parts was um, Big Damo, which is uh, Nikki Cross's other half, who used to be mm. oh, Killian Dane in NXT. Yes. I, husband, think I think he quote tweeted it and basically went, look, she never played basketball, all right? <laughs> or something to that effect. <laughs> so, oh, it was Nikki, you couldn't ignore it. Nick, Nikki came back saying, I wonder what, it's like, I don't know why my application to the WBA has been rejected. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it's just, I love, I just love how the sound it makes when it hits the floor. It's like the belt got even, got damaged even more on the floor than it did in the bin. <laughs> That'll um, be like but, in the WWE archive warehouse whenever they do those shows again. Yeah. Here's I a mean, 24-7 title belt that Nikki Cross did not throw in a bin. Yeah. I mean it does it does I hope it does symbolize the end of the 24-7 championship because let's be honest, um no one really cared, cared about the belt. I know that's a bit of a disservice to some champions. I know Daniel Brooks being very uh vocal about people kind of looking down on that because I think she tried to do something. She was trying to make the belt work in some way. It just Unfortunately, I don't think I don't think management kind of shared that same view, and I don't think a lot of fans kind of share share that same view. I mean, it's like it, it's like you it's like I hate to say it, cherishing the twenty four seven title is not something you you kind of want to be proud about, to be honest. It would put it this way: if the belt had got thrown in the bin, I would have expected someone like I don't know. Who's a comedy character would just pick it out out the bin? Because it happened in WCW. Oh, Otis. Ha- Let's say Otis or, or Chad Gable. Yeah. Someone would have just found it and picked it out the bin and then carried on. I mean, it happened in WCW. I think Scott Hall threw the WCW TV title in the bin mm. and then Hacksaw found it and then he was then champion and was defending the belt. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that was WCW. So, you know, that mm. notwithstanding. But, but yeah, so... um. So that occurred. Uh, what other random notes are there worth mentioning when it comes to weekly TV this week? I, I heard that Rey Mysterio and Gunter was really good fun. I watched that match this evening just ahead of the show. It was terrific. Um, as expected. As expected. It's it's like Gunther in a ring with uh, a good veteran. You're going to get something good. I like Again, it's like, again, they're making Intercontinental Championship mean something. And obviously, and having, having uh, Gunther... Defend it every so often 
is quite uh, quite nice. I think I think they've announced a World Cup on um, <laughs> on uh, on WWE on SmackDown, and I think I think the prize is a date with Gunter. What a prize! <laughs> what a prize to get your <laughs> chest smacked in. Oh, have they announced oh. any participants of that? Uh, I'll take a quick gander, but one of the one of the like one of the like the big holy holy S word moments of of Gunter versus Rey Mysterious towards the end. It's it's the finish of it's the finish of Rey is trying to is about to do six one nine and Gunter just suddenly springs up and delivers one of the most hellacious big boots I have seen <laughs> <laughs> that I literally swore very loudly in my front room. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know it was a good boot. It's a good boot. It's a good boot and a good attack when someone really shouts out things. <laughs> WWE World Cup. Here we go. So it's the WWE SmackDown World Cup. Wonderful. Hopefully that doesn't mean Shane McMahon's coming back to win it. Uh, so, uh, what we got here? So announcers explained it's an eight-person tournament. Participants have yet to be named. Uh, it's it, Obviously, it's a tie-in to do with um, the World Cup, which is starting in a couple of in a couple of days' time. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if we're doing a World Cup, technically, you, you, you've got to put different nations in there. So, if we're going to have one in the United Kingdom, well, you're okay, definitely going to... Let's go to the roster page. Let's take a look at this. Sorry. If you're going United Kingdom, you're definitely throwing in Ridge or Butch. Probably Butch. Um, Sheamus is probably going to be in there. I think, I think this might be the way we get to the final Sheamus versus Gunter match. So I'm having a quick gander at the roster. I'm just trying to pick out people, like as I'm just looking through, that may represent different nations. Admittedly, I'm not uh, okay with everyone. I mean, Akira be Tozawa be- could be Japan J- if they want him involved. If, if he's on SmackDown, yeah. Uh, isn't he back in NXT now? But or no, is, is, wait, no, wait, hang on. It, no, sorry, is Apollo Cruz being Nigerian now or not? Uh, Apollo Cruz is back in NXT, American Nigerian. So okay. he's speaking with American accent now. Um, trying to think. In, in terms of the most active roster, if you're doing Canada, Canada, you've got Sami Zayn right there, I suppose. Uh, Give me freaking Sami Zayn and Gunter for crying out loud. I mean, unless this is how Sami gets his own bit of gold for the bloodline. No, no, no. I think no. I, I still stand. I still stand by my prediction many weeks ago. I still think Sheamus is going to take that belt eventually. The question is when. It's it's more. Le- Have they said if this tournament is? SmackDown specific roster wise, or I think so because if it's intercontinental belt, then it's definitely going to be SmackDown. But then again, they might they might have a bit of fun and might just say a wild card entry from NXT because you can bring in great you can bring in Grayson Waller, New Zealand. Hmm. There's that. Uh you can bring in, obviously Nakamura could represent Japan. And yeah, there are there are many different options here. There are some definitely different. American, you can just bring in Braun Strowman if he hasn't annoyed many people already with his comments on Twitter this past week. Um, yeah, less said about I, it, the better. Yeah, I think we'll get more. I think this weekend, this week on SmackDown, we'll probably get a better a better shout because they're going to probably kick it off as soon as the World Cup starts. So, mate, what if the other members of Imperium are just in this tournament? Oh yeah, you can. Oh yes, yeah, so you can get. You can uh, have Marcel Bartel and Giovanni Vinci in there. Uh, yeah, so Ludwig Kaiser represent Germany. Sorry, uh, that's his name now, isn't it? Sorry. Gene Arvitchie <laughs> will represent Italy. There you go, Germany, Italy. There you go. There you go. Get Santos Escobar in there. Got Mexico. Um, 
We need an American in there, I guess. You need so. one American. Oh, let's just say Ray, Ray Mysterio could represent Mexico, potentially. Well, no, right. Uh, we could just throw Ricochet in. Ricochet. America. Ricochet's in America. Or LA Knight. Let him talk to us. Yeah. Nakamura's Japanese. Yeah, Japanese. Yep. Engine that. Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar. There's... I think there's some there's some good options there to to fill out a nice field. If it's a, it's probably going to be what an eight person tournament. So it'll be. I think that's what you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's Humberto yeah, in there. So, Heck, Drew McIntyre's Scottish. You know. There you go. There you go. Wait, did Scotland make it to the World Cup? I genuinely don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. I think Wales did. We yeah, I think they announced their team today, didn't they? Oh. But but then but then not gonna lie. Drew versus Gunter sounds really good as well. I know, right? <sighs> I mean, I mean, I mean, if we're being, I mean, there's, I mean, there's little, there's little reports that Cena will be wrestling at Mania, and I'm just gonna put it out there: Cena versus Gunter would be good as well. <clears throat> <laughs> A lot of matches versus Gunter would be great. Just saying, because Gun, because as long as everyone gets absolutely butchered by Gunter, I'll be fine. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Gunter might lose the belt before the Rumble and Gunter might be the one to the throne Roman Reigns. Maybe. 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 Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But, um, but yeah, we, so- we, mentioned briefly, we mentioned briefly about War Games because Survivor Series War Games is coming up for the Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, and at the moment, the only war games match we know is happening is Damage Control, plus Nikki Cross, plus someone else, plus against... mysterious person? Question mark. Plus mysterious person. Wouldn't surprise me if it's Rhea Ripley. To be honest, if we're being, if we're having a team of heels, um, versus Belair, Bliss, Oscar, and two other people, two mystery people. I mean, if you're going to bring back Naomi and Sasha. There's a logical option there, isn't there? There's a logical option there. It's probably not going to be them, though. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't have stopped the... Hang on, I'll have to go back on the roster page now, because I just left it. Um, <laughs> oh, fair enough. But yeah, that's that's the only kind of thing they've... they've I think we'll, we'll start we'll start the road to War Games properly from SmackDown this week. And I think we'll probably have... We will probably have Gunter versus whoever wins the World Cup thing at War Games. Hmm. I'm calling it War Games now. It's not Survivor Series. It's War Games now. War Games Survivor Series. War games. Um, what? What if the war games match is also a Survivor Series match? I mean, it. Forgive me for how this is going to sound. It technically is. But everyone gets in first, and then someone loses by one pinfall. Don't oh, get sorry. Right. I, I, so I everyone gets in. So everyone gets in. I misinterpreted what you meant. Yeah. So as in, make it elimination. Yeah. Could work. Could be good. Candice could be, be in wrong. the match. Yeah, I mean, damage control of being up Candice. Um, they might lean on Dana Brooke because of the 24-7 thing with Nikki, hmm. maybe. Has Charlotte come back yet? No, not yet. Not Becky's yet. still out with a shoulder, right? Becky's still out, yes. Ronda is currently busy being best friends <laughs> with Shayna dot, Baszler. Dot, dot. Ronda is currently busy. Ronda is doing... Doing something. Oh, oh, random side tangent. Emma's back in WWE. I've literally just seen her pop up on the roster page. It's like, oh, yes. Emma's back. Yes, she answered an open challenge to, to Ronda two weeks ago. It's nice to see Emma back. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, 
It's very okay. Sorry, I was really caught off guard. I suddenly saw Greg Miller from Kind of Funny listed on the WWE roster page, and that really caught me off guard. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, I think we'll get a clear idea of what's happening with War Games from SmackDown onwards this week, this weekend. I mean, the men's War Games match, it's it's simply the it's definitely the bloodline versus a group of five. The question is who the group of five is going to be. Hmm. Because it's like, I don't know. It's like, it's like I. I want a I want a good fat I want a good ragtag team to go up against the bloodline per se. So yeah, I can imagine Drew, I imagine Riddle will get involved. I imagine Drew would probably get involved. I mean, because he is kind of starting to become a babyface, you could bring in Seth. But I think I think Seth's going to be preoccupied with either uh, Lashley or whoever else is challenging from the US title. Um Vince McMahon's still listed on the roster page. Meh. They need to update the page. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. Is weird. Orton still out injured in a big way? Orton Orton is still out injured apparently. Mm. I don't. I'm 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 pondering. I'm really pondering. Hopefully, we'll get an idea. I think we'll get an idea of who will be stepping up to the bloodline this week, probably mm. on SmackDown. But again, it's like I think if you're going to do a ragtag group they kind of need to be unified by something and then usually will probably be a hatred of roman reigns and the bloodline so there's lots of people there actually it might actually be a good point to bring back kevin owens for a bit because he's been kind of not not he's been off tv not because of injury but i think it's just kind of we need to kind of uh we're letting the Sami Zayn stuff play out naturally first before we reintroduce kevin into the storyline so mm. it might be it might be the point of the time and point to do it i don't know who knows? I don't know. We'll have to see. Final point on this, but I think it's one that's totally not worth mentioning, but is very random and a good way to have a segue into something else. Mm. There is a person listed on the WWE roster page simply known as Vacant. And vacant can into war games. <laughs> there you vacant, go. <laughs> vacant. Get Vacant in war games. He'll take them all down. But uh, I think the only other, only other major story in WWE this well, you could say it's ma- it's major in one way and baffling in another. It is the cash in. It's finally happened. Austin Fury cashed in his money in the bank briefcase on Seth Rollins, who was holding an open challenge, and and uh, thanks to some interference by Lashley and then one clean stomp. Uh, Austin Fury joins the the Failures Club of Baron Corbin, John Cena, Damian Sandown, and Braun Strowman. Um, I to be perfectly honest, I'm not mad. I'm just kind of disappointed. I'm, just gla- <laughs> I'm not disappointed. I'm just glad the Money in the Bank thing's just being thrown out the window for this year because it's it's just I think, and and, and a lot of other wrestling sites and, and 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 commentators have picked this up. I think it was a very big albatross. I think, unfortunately, for Theory, in a way. Considering McMahon had kind of invested a lot in Theory, because we're coming up to nearly the, the one year of McMahon Theory thing starting last year of a bloody golden the egg. The egg. The egg, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's 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 kind of... It's been a big albatross. The fan matter is they've... They, they clearly have made it clear that he was never going to cash it in on probably on Roman Reigns. Or every time he's trying to, it's failed. And I don't think audiences are had kind of believed Fury would be someone who could just cash it in on Reigns or whoever was a champion at that time. Um, so yeah, it's it's an annoying waste of money in the bank for another year. But 
I mean, it's out of the way. It's over and done with. The thing that makes him look worse yeah. is the fact he did it when there was an open challenge. Except the open challenge, when you lose, immediately cash in again, you get another title match. Yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is, Seth did an open challenge. Lashley came out, brutalized Seth, even before a bell rang. Then also went, oh yeah, I'm going to cash in now. I was like, no. What? I mean, I, I mean, because uh, Palmy was really hoping he'd try and cash in on the NXT title. Because that would be that would be fine. Because then Austin can spend some more time developing, or kind of really getting that connection with the crowd. Because I think that's the thing that's just not necessarily working. I think we've talked about this. I think that's the thing that's just not working at the moment. Is the character doesn't work. Hmm. I mean, I I enjoyed him more as as goofy kind of silly heelish baby face sidekick to Johnny Gargano in the way, but as a town down. I don't care, to be honest. And I think and I think this is I think this is a wonderful opportunity for I think Fairy to kind of just and I think Fairy and Creative to kind of just put him on a on a better course or kind of just course correct him a bit. Because I think the Vince stuff has probably derailed it a bit because being handpicked again, the whole sort of chosen one side of things. It, obviously in light of things, it doesn't it, it, it hasn't been good. And mm. it's it's like it's the remnants of the McMahon booking era like the 24-7 yeah. title. So it's frustrating. It's disappointing because Money in the Bank usually produce some really cool moments when some people are cashing in. But I was like, I'm amused. I'm not angry. I'm not disappointed. I'm just relieved that it's over and done with. I'm, I'm over and, I'm, it's over and done with for another year. Because I mean, I think the big, I think one of the rumors, and I think this is a story that came up Um between episodes, uh, between this and the last episode, is they are looking at the the, pay, the premium live event calendar. They're changing a few, so there are some gimmick ones that are possibly going. So bye bye Helen Cell. Maybe oh, really? money. You're right. It may be money in the bank. Might not long. Mo, might no longer be an actual show. It might actually return to its WrestleMania base. So you could do it two nights. Do the men's on one night. Do the women's on the other. There you go. But that's also the philosophy of do things when it's warranted as opposed to yeah. do things because you have to. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the, the big talk at the moment is King of the Ring might come back as an actual proper premium live event. Mm. Not a not a random TV special. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, money in the bank. Mm. With the I, I don't know I can't really add anything else. I'm just kind of meh. That's it. Let's move on. So if you're watching the video version, I looked really weird then. I thought I was going to sneeze and I didn't. I'm just saying. For the audio listeners, you never I, have do known. I have, do I have to get Marge Simpson to go, mm, punch? <laughs> That's what I felt like for a second. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so, okay, I'll tell you what. Let's let, let's park the WWE talk for a few minutes. We may come back to it, as it were. I've, I think, yeah, I think, we're, I think we've done enough WWE talk for this episode. So, A-E-W acclaimed every wednesday <laughs> there you go you're, like not wrong. you're not you're not wrong <laughs> you're know, not right? wrong they claim are on there every wednesday in some way hey that's their catchphrase not mine i will not take any credit for it <laughs> so we are on the road to full gear the current card looks as follows moxley defending the title against mjf We've got the interim women's championship match, which has been confirmed. Tony Storm defending against Jamie Hayter. That's going to be good as well. 
Mm-hmm. We've got the tag team title match, the acclaimed defending against Keith Lee and Swerve. For the ROH title, Chris Jericho will be defending against Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, and Sammy Guevara. Because Jericho is a fighting champion, and he will face both of the BCC members at the same time, but also have Sammy in the ring as well, because he know if it comes to it, he'll do the right thing. I mean, this isn't going to go the way Jericho wants it to go. Oh, obviously. <laughs> obviously. But. It's going gonna, it's gonna to end up being a two-on-two match for most of it, and then Bri- but then Brian Danielson and Claudio just go, oh, wait, we're fighting now. Punch each other. In a way. Yeah, um, the, the, the storyline sort of being that Danielson in general is just is very angry. At the moment. He's angry about a lot of things. Yeah, and Claudio never got his rematch. So I reckon there may be a bit of a BCC blow up in that match, as it were. And that mm. will lead to a match between Claudio and Brian, which I'm more than game for. That's fine. We also have the World Title Eliminator Tournament. You may recall that last year, this ultimately culminated in Danielson versus Miro, if memory serves. Or Miro ended up being the replacement person for John Moxley because Moxley yeah, went Moxley away for a few months. Yeah. But ultimately, yeah. Danielson won the tournament. I can't actually remember who he beat in the end, admittedly. But, I think um, he did beat Miro. I think he yeah, beat Miro. But so Danielson was the one that won it, ended up getting championship match accordingly. The field for the tournament this time around is as follows. Ethan Page versus Eddie Kingston. And that is taking place tonight on Dynamite at the time we're recording this. Then on Friday on Rampage, we have got Bandido, who has now seemingly signed an AEW contract as well, going up against Roosh. The winners of those two will advance to the semi-final on that side of the bracket. The other side of the bracket is Lance Archer v. Ricky Starks and Brian Cage versus Dante Martin. Ooh, Rampage is going to be loaded this week, I'll tell you that. Okay. So I think that's a, that's a nice, unique mm. field. It's not as star-studded as... You, you could very easily argue it's not as star-studded, but it mm. does feel like they're trying to build towards something for the future here. The nice thing is they're people who have not necessarily featured in a proper world title. Exactly. I know I know Dante Martin's had a, a match for it before. I know Lance Archer. So I wouldn't necessarily say Archer or Martin's probably going to win this one. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to pick any from that field, I actually would like it to be Ricky Starks. Yeah. I think ultimately it'll either be Ricky Starks or Ethan Page. Because they're, they're sort of telling a bit of... When it comes to Ricky Starks... Mm. They're telling a story where, you know, he's clearly next level, but he just needs the opportunity to get there. For Ethan Page, they're still building up the stuff involving MJF and the firm. And mm. Ethan Page is clearly being positioned in the firm as the big player of that group. So it would not surprise mm. me if, if that ends up being the final and one of those two goes on to the Winter is Coming special. I mean, I, I mean you could still do, if you're doing the long term with MGF, the firm and Moxie and stuff like that, this could be a, a, a good position to put Kingston in a position. Maybe. I'm not sure. I, I mean, mean I way, like... Moxie Kingston would be great any day of the week, but yeah, I think even... with Kingston, they're very slowly building a storyline where he kind of keeps losing it a little bit. Mm. Okay. And, and stuff. Personally, I'd love to see Bandido v. Mox. Like, give me that as the world title match because Bandido's mm. freaking great. But it might just be a yeah. little bit too soon. Yeah, I, I would I would say safe bet might be Starks. Mm-hmm. I think Starks is a safe bet for this one. He won't he won't he won't win the world title, of course. But it's just like it will be it will be. I think it will be hopefully an enlargement of 
the the popularity he's built with the fans because he is popular mm. with the fans. And I like and I like him as a wrestler and as a personality too. So yeah. agreed. So I mentioned the ROH title match that was booked. That was actually mm-hmm. that was sort of arranged following Jericho's most recent championship defense, with the idea being he was going to defend it against any previous Ring of Honor champion. That being a champion who has held any title in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of speculation as to who it could have been. And ultimately, it was former, I want to say Ring of Honor tag team champion, at the very least, one Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Mm. And it was great to see Colt Cabana back on TV. It obviously, arguably, said a heck of a lot more from a backstage perspective, arguably. Yep. But it was mm. very nice to see Colt back there. He genuinely looked pretty emotional about it as well. So mm. I, it was just really yeah. nice to see him back on TV. Jericho got the win. I, I don't want to say obviously as a very disregarding remark, but it was just cool to see Colt back there. Who knows if it'll be a long-term regular thing or if it's just a one-off type deal, but it was nice to see him back. And that probably, as well as the, the teasers that they're doing for the elite at the moment, it kind of probably says a lot more on, yeah. on a public facing level than any, anything. Yeah. It, it, it kind of in one way confirms, I think what a lot of people probably know by now, or probably just kind of, Started to come to terms with, I guess. But then, craziest shit's happened in wrestling, so... Exactly. We shall see. Yeah. Speaking of the Elite, not just to brush past that, because it was a fun match, good to see Colt there, but not to brush past it. I It it very much feels like we're building to the Elite v. Death Triangle for the trio's titles. Mm. We've had a couple of promos airing, one which showed a bunch of sort of like advertising things for the Elite sort of being wiped out from existence and being replaced by Death Triangle. So they sort of mm. showed the footage of them, of the Elite winning the belts are all out, then sort of had like a premiere pro work timeline with the clip being changed to like the other title match that didn't involve the Elite and stuff. So it feels like we're very much building to Elite v Death Triangle, which undoubtedly the Elite will win because Pac is trying to convince Ray Phoenix to cheat in matches, but Phoenix mm. doesn't want to. So we're getting some dissension in that. Okay. So unfortunately, it may lead to a death triangle breakup, which is sad, but it'll be a phenomenal match either way. Mm. But one assumes, given the pay-per-view is a week and a half now, and based on what Tony Khan tweeted a couple of hours ago at the time we're recording this, mm-hmm. in that tonight's going to be a newsworthy episode of Dynamite, one might assume in some way, shape, or form that match may be all but confirmed. Yeah, pretty much. So we shall see on that front. Yeah. I mean, before, I mean, obviously there's still, we still got a week a bit and there's some more matches to go. It's like, I really hope they don't go stupid amount of match numbers again. Because it's, again, it's put, it's putting yeah. me off watching the, it's putting me off watching the pay-per-view. And I, I know there's a Saturday night talent. pay-per-view this time as well. Saturday which night, which is, which is fine, which means we could probably do it if we were, if we were brave and we sat through it on Sunday morning or watched it live, we could actually do a chat about it the day after. Uh, Weird, we'll, huh? We'll, we'll, we'll talk off air, sir. <laughs> That's a go. <laughs> so, okay, so hold Thanks. that thought. We'll come back to that because we'll get on to what I think the card is going to shape up in a second. But the other thing, the All-Atlantic title, Orange Cassidy yes. is the champion. He's defended the belt rather regularly in three-way yes. matches because he doesn't care. <laughs> as it were so, uh, he, ba- uh, match. 
Fight or fall, fine. Against a bear, fine. I'll do but that. Literally, it's like two people having an argument. He just rocks up and they go, what do you want? He's like, you two want a match? How about for this? I don't care. <laughs> it's like, he just does a three-way. It's basically no, all it he is. Just, he just turns up and just goes, there's two of you. There's one of me. There's one of these belts. There's a ring down there. What about it? Let's get he out. He carries the belt in a backpack because that's how lazy he is. No, belts are heavy. You need something to hold the belt. He's carrying his shoulder. But anyway, technically, I'm not going to get into that. So, so he defended the belt in another three-way on Dynamite, and the stipulation for this match was Friday on Rampage. The winner, the champion, would get to defend their belt against their dream opponent. Now, in the context of Orange Cassidy, you're just thinking. Who the hell is the dream opponent of Orange Cassidy? Surely it would just be a bottle of apple juice or something. (laughs) But it ended up being New Japan Pro Wrestling's Katsuyori Shibata. Mm. Now to you, not calling you out here, just saying it like it is, that probably doesn't mean a heck of a lot. But to someone who's followed Japanese wrestling for a long time, that's a pretty big deal considering the guy literally nearly died about five years ago because he headbutted Okada. I mean, they they kind of teased this quite a bit at Forbidden Door, didn't they? Correct, they did. So it does actually make con- mm. continuital sense. I've made up that word, but that'll do. Narrative. It makes sense Thank in you. the narrative. There we go. See, that's why you're the brains and I'm the brawn hair. So we get this match booked for Rampage, which it sounds like that Shibata basically wanted this match because he he clearly gets it. He's like, look, I run the LA dojo for New Japan. I see some wrestlers. I'm up for that. Apparently, the other match he wants is Brian Danielson. Freaking great. But we'll come back to that at some point in the future, maybe. And given that Shibata had a match at the Tokyo Dome where it was meant to be a light exhibition contest because, you know, he's not wrestled in five years because he nearly died. And then he literally, on the biggest show of the year for New Japan, got on the microphone, went into business for himself, and said, nope, we're going to have a proper match. And you could tell the, co- the English commentators were like, um, what? And you could see people at ringside were like, um, what? And you could tell everyone in the building was like, oh, yes? Yes? <laughs> So, yeah, he's basically not been allowed to wrestle since since that. But it's like, if it's not on his promotion, then (laughs) fair game. The other interesting part of this, Ian, Mike Tyson was on commentary. (laughs) Because why not? Do you know what? Honestly, mate, he was actually all right. There was a wonderful moment where he called an STO. And I think everyone was shocked that he knew it. But it was perfectly right. And Excalibur didn't correct him or anything. He's like, yeah, it's right. But Tyson got it. He was into the match. They clearly clued him in on some bits and bobs relating to each person. Mm. But it it came across genuine. Mm. And that's what you want with a guest commentator like that. I will say, he dropped a random line when he first came out. I think he said something about a comeback. Like before oh, the match no. even began. At which point Excalibur said something to the effect of, oh, well, we may touch on that a little bit later, Mike. <laughs> and it's like, uh, my, my first thought was, he did do that angle with Jericho during the pandemic era that never went anywhere. 
Could oh, they no. follow up on that? Which now has me thinking we're going to get oh. Mike Tyson v. Jericho for the ROH title it's, at some that's point. The newsworthy, that's the newsworthy <laughs> story tonight. Tyson just goes, I want to have a fight, but I want to wrestle. All right, fine. There you go. Do you remember there was like the big pull apart brawl between Jericho and him? Yeah. When it yeah, was in, when in, in the Jacksonville days. So, so that, that was really good fun. Like just seeing Shibata back in Orange Cassidy. It was a fun match. It was really good fun. It was just with like a couple of days build, no warning. And it's just like, this, this is happening. Uh, okay, sure. But, uh, but Shibata I mean- basically just, it, it, it Shibata himself, who his persona, to give some context here, he is a serious wrestler. He will wrestle you to the ground. He is a great wrestler. He, he's no nonsense. And he himself is doing the Orange Cassidy take the piss kicks. It's just, it's wonderful. It was so good. It's worth going out your way to see. It's the first match on the show. Even just to hear the Tyson commentary, it is just quite an experience, especially if you know the full context around it all. You're just like, what is going on? Just, oh, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the Botchamania cartoon drawings of like little Taz and little, little Excalibur and now little Mike Tyson next to them. Do you know what I will say, if you're not already, folks, try and check out the Fight TV feed of AEW because some of the banter you get during the commercial breaks. At the moment, there's just this running joke of, of Taz and Tony Schiavone just busting each other's balls about baseball. It's just so dumb, but it's great fun. So from there, what is the pay-per-view also looking like it's going to shape up like? I have tried to devise some notes as to what else I think, based on what we've currently seen, could be added. I'm fully expecting there will be more. So I reckon we're going to have Death Triangle v. The Elite, which, like we talked about, kind of seems like a logical direction. Mm -hmm. Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose, because currently Nyla Rose has stolen the TBS title from Jade. The Fiend! Basically. That said, the the Jade thing has really got to change at some point. It's overly stale at this point. I I mean, the winning streak is a cool thing and all, but you need to do something more with the matches. And again, again, maybe, again, I'm not going to have this conversation again on this this show about it, but it's just, just a bit more thought, narrative-wise. The way I'm going to, the way I'll put it is this, and I mean this with the politest respect, because I appreciate Jade is still relatively new in the industry, Mm. but there's an element of, it's all well and good having a winning streak, but a winning streak also has to have other challenges. Mm. And we've now got to the point where she's wrestled certain people three times now for like, be it in her streak or for the TBS title. And it's like, get some other women wrestlers. You've got loads. Like I, mm. I'm almost at a point where I don't care if it's someone I don't know. Just have Jade say, I'm a fighting champion. Any woman in the back, come out and beat me. Yeah. Guess, Just do guess it like fighters. that. And even if she just pummels them in the face with a pump kick, there was a great clip doing around some one that she did in AW Dark actually about a week or so as mm. well. I even if it's like that, I might be sounding hypocritical. I'd rather have that than just have the same match over and over again. Because yeah. it feels boring at this point. She's just beating the same people. And it also, mm. in some ways, looks really dumb because there are a lot of high caliber women's wrestlers who aren't going for that title. You know, yeah. why doesn't Britt Baker go after it, for example? Why doesn't Jamie Hayter go after it? You know, I mean, Athena's gone after it once. They had a really good match at the last pay-per-view. Where has she been since as well? That's a thought. But, you know, you've got Japanese wrestlers coming in. There's loads of other wrestlers that you could have be involved in this. It just, it feels too stale now. Something has to shake up. Something. I don't know what exactly, but something's got to be done. 
but I digress. Mm-hmm. I feel FTR might get added to the tag title match because they did a thing where they came out to help the acclaimed, but they notably held up the belts, looked at them, and then handed them back to the acclaimed. Okay, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> because at this moment, it's yeah. like, it's like, does, does, does Tony even know he's got FTR? I mean, hey, they defended their belts <laughs> in New Japan the other day, so... Great, great, because New Japan know they've got FTR. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you this now. Don't be surprised if they're not on the January 4th episode of Dynamite because it's the same day as the Tokyo Dome show. Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom. Yep. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, Elsewhere, probably Wardlow v. Powerhouse Hobbs for the TNT title. But don't be surprised if before that, Samoa Joe gets pissed off with Wardlow because Wardlow keeps being a little bit... Powerbombing? I like the word powerbombing. It's a bit better. I'm just powerbombing. It's like, no. You could say he's being symphonic. <sighs> Moving on. That's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> now, so, so that's currently where I see the AEW pay-per-view building, which if, hypothetically, if I'm correct, that would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches. I reckon there'll be 10 because I'm expecting there mm. to be a Darby Allen match. Speaking of which, I didn't put that in my show notes, but this oh, needs yeah. to be talked about. Oh, so, yeah. Jeffrey Jarrett is in AEW, seemingly as a faction leader in 2022. Because why not, Jeremy? Why not Double J? Do you know what the funny part was? The, the way, have you seen this segment, how it unfolded? It's someone was dressed up as Sting. Okay, so I'll give, okay, Sting. so let me give you the context here. So we get Sting and Darby Allen. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen. We get Darby Allen and Jay Lethal, of which there's a wonderful moment because Satnam sings at ringside, and Darby Allen decides I'm gonna do my really fast tope cannonball like move through the ropes on Satnam Singh. He does it on Satnam Singh. Satnam doesn't move an inch, and Darby just bounces and falls on the ground. <laughs> it's like he hits a literal brick wall. It was quite funny. So the match ends and we're getting like a beat down on Derby and suddenly there is a figure dressed like Sting at ringside. And you can clearly tell it's not Sting because his face ain't moving. It's a mask. The guy comes in, hits Derby, unmasks and reveals himself to be... Who? Was my reaction. Oh. At which point Excalibur says... That's Cole Carter of the factory. To which my first thought is, who the hell is Cole Carter of the factory? And apparently it's the the, the old two dimes from NXT. Oh. Which I don't know who that is because I didn't watch NXT, but I recalled I recall Cole Carter having a random match on TV and I've never seen him since. So I, I don't care who it is. Which then yeah. leads to the ring being cleared somehow. I think it was Sting's music hit. And then this led to Darby standing up in the ring. And behind him was a man dressed in black with a black cowboy hat. And he's oh carrying no. he's carrying a musical-based object implement called... Triangle. A triangle. A triangle. It's a triangle. It's a triangle. If, if only... A triangle. You can't get a wooden triangle. That's all I'll say. A xylophone. 
Just clonk. Clonk. <laughs> no, with the scales. There you go. So he then clocks him with the guitar, busts Darby open something fierce. His head is just bleeding. And then Jarek cuts a promo, effectively says he's going to take over AEW, and ends it with choke on that slap nuts. And it's like, I'm in WCW in the year 2000. Younger Jeremy is partly like, oh, wow. But then also Jeremy is like, wow. <laughs> and then Jeremy's like, oh, no. So I'm now partly oh, no. thinking, so now I'm thinking, are we going to get Darby v. Jeff Jarrett at the pay No, no, we'll get Sting versus Jeff Jarrett. We'll oh, have yeah, a trip I, down memory I, I lane. I expect it to be about that because Sting and Jarrett have had a long rivalry. There's, I think it was, this is calling back now, Halloween Havoc 2000. Sting and Jeff Jarrett had a match where it involved various people dressed as different eras of Sting coming out to try and interfere. Okay. I'm expecting this may happen in this match once again. It might not be very good either. (laughs) Just gonna say. Quite possibly. So we're probably looking at around eight to ten matches at the moment for the pay-per-view. That's gonna be my estimation, which is a stark contrast better than 14 or 15 or whatever it was last time. I would be comfortable with eight or nine. I think ten or more has really pushed it because I think because I think when you look at and I think we've talked about this before, I think when you look at how, say, WWE now pace their their premium live events, three hours, three and a bit hours is that sweet spot. And you start going beyond that, your wrestling has to be either A damn good and the and the and the and the order has to be good as well. Because you can't just do big match after big match and then have like 20 small matches in the middle. It, it, Qu- question need, from the crowd. Device. No. Yes, go on. Okay. Are you including or excluding potential matches that will undoubtedly be part of the buy-in pre-show? I I rarely watch kickoffs or buy-ins unless there is something major that I would like to see. I think last time for um, me it was Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii. So it's like, yes, yeah. I am watching that match. Well, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's like I'm it's like if they're on if they're on the buy-in or they're on the kickoff, that those are throwaway matches. And it's like until someone obviously Kingston and, and Tashashi. Ishii, yeah. Like that, yeah, makes sense. You want to chew and see it because yeah, it's an exhibition, it'll probably be fun. But it's it's like in the old days, WWE, when you had like throwaway tag matches of just no actual importance. They are, as um, I phrased it, non-canon. Yes. It's kind of like the way of saying, look, here's some wrestling. Would it convince you to buy the pay-per-view? Probably not. I would rather see, I'd rather have like nice little promo bits happening backstage. Or like, I know, I know WWE does a lot with like, they do a lot of the promo videos that they run during the actual premium live event. But in a way, I kind of also like just like a bit of backstage stuff because mm. it's like if anything's going to sell you more on the on the on the pay per view, it's the promos and the characters, the wrestlers that are taking part in the match. Have an exhibition match, fine, but don't necessarily don't necessarily stuff some matches in there just because you've got an hour to fill. Hopefully, there isn't an NBA playoff game this time to try and work around. That's what I'm hoping mm. for. Mm. 
so, uh, so that's kind of what I just wanted to bring up with AEW, as it were. Kind of a very sort of not glossing over, but just like a, a broad ranging thing. So I imagine, depending on when we do our next one, we'll either be talking about full gear more in depth or post full gear. We'll be analyzing yeah. how it was. Yeah. So why don't we touch onto some bits and bobs from elsewhere before we conclude today? Which you mean wrestling around the world? Da, 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 da. I need to change those images. They're out of date. <laughs> so for the benefit are- of the uh, for the benefit of the audio listeners, we've got a graphic on screen right now where we currently have an image of the then Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Great match. Oh no, we that's have still, Triple that's H. Tyler that's Tyler it, oh, I thought it was Ilya. It just they vaguely look the same from here. So that shows you what I know. We've got mm. Triple H and Kevin Owens. We've got the Young Bucks kissing Adam Cole. Yeah, that's definitely out of date now because they all turned on each other. Yep. And then we've got Cowboy Brock as a champion. Yes. All out of date. We need to update those images. And we need to update those images. <laughs> no, no to the producer. <laughs> yes. Mother. <laughs> so let's talk about the AEW video game. Because yeah. there, was a, there was a bit of discussion about that this week. Because a day or so ago, at the time we're recording this, there was a report doing the rounds that allegedly the AEW Fight Forever video game, whenever it is ultimately going to be released, will be on Xbox Game Pass day one. Now, my first reaction when I saw this news was, if that's the case, that is a big freaking move, an odd move in some ways, but in terms Mm. of potential reachability of people playing it, that's a massively good decision. And in terms of cost-saving... For, for, for potential buyers, freaking great. Like myself, I've got a Game Pass subscription on Xbox. It's like, yes, I'd do that yeah, day one in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would as well, because I'm on Game Pass as well. And and to be perfectly honest, as a gamer, I I rarely buy games brand new. I think, the, I think the last game I generally brought, because it wasn't on Game Pass, and I wanted to play it, and the reviews were actually getting good, was WWE 2K22. I recently bought Gotham Knights, which I, I... Let me put it this way. I like the game. I genuinely do. It's not perfect. Because I buy one game a year, generally it's brand new day one, and mm. it's it's a Batman game, and I love Batman-related universe stuff. Mm. I went for the big, beefy collector's edition with a statue. And we've talked, we talked about this last episode. And I won't labour it again. Yes. Find find my personal YouTube channel. Search for the word Giraffemy, J-E-R-A-F-F-E-M-Y. You can watch my unboxing and see my full views there. So yeah, I've been burned when it comes to perceived value, but for the core game itself, I'm liking it. Like I say, not perfect, but I've seen people talk about, does this mean the game is bad? And obviously we'll get to the current resolution of the rumor in a second, but just as a Mm -hmm. hypothetical discussion point here. I don't think so at all. Like I would mark, I would go about it as it's a potential way to get loads of people to try the game day one. Mm. That's the way I look yeah. at it because then you establish an audience from a future from a future playing base point of view, and I think that's the way to go about it. Yeah, just because a game goes to Game Pass or PlayStation Now doesn't mean straight away it is a terrible game. It is, it is simply some it's something either the, either the developers would like pe- more people to play it. Or they've made it, or they've managed to get some extra income from Xbox or PlayStation to do to do just that. Because because I think 
I might be wrong. I think 2K22 has, or some of the wrestling games, some of the previous WWE games have appeared on Game Pass. Um, I'm not sure if it's currently, I'm not sure if 2K22, I know 2K22 is discounted at the moment on places, but that's because it's been out for over a year, half a year now. So it's kind of, of it's kind of that it's time going, of year as well. We're getting towards Black Friday yeah, stuff. So yeah. yeah, but no, I think again, going straight to going to those subscription services, not uh, indicament of quality. It's it's more like either there is potential there. I mean, it's like Fall Guys. For example, Fall Guys, which is huge for Epic now. When mm-hmm. Fall Guys came out, it was or it was free to PlayStation Plus subscribers to just grab, put in their library. Look at Rocket League it. as well. Rocket League as well. Just look at look at that. Again, a lot of Xbox first-party platform games go straight there now. And it's like, for for a games developer to put their biggest titles like Halo on that, day one, with people not now having to go out and spend 70 quid on a game, it just encourages them to pick up the controller and just actually have a go at the game or actually see it. Because then they might get more, they, they'll get something probably long-term out of it from the person. So yeah, I think I think even if this rumor was true, it's a I think for wrestling game fans, people will be going, yeah, this is cool. Why not? Let's do it. But um no, uh, AEW Games official Twitter put rest to that pretty quickly. Yes, and this is what they said on their Twitter. Quote, the internet is buzzing about AEW Fight Forever, but at AEW Games, the Twitter account in question here, is the official all caps, source for all news and info relating to AEW Fight Forever. Hang tight for a new exclusive AEW Fight Forever update next Saturday, November 19, during Full Gear. They then followed up immediately as part of a thread tweet saying, this also seems like a good time to share that we don't anticipate AEW Fight Forever being part of any monthly game subscription services. AEW Fight Forever will be available in-store at your favourite retailers or online. Reserve your copies day at aew.thqnordic.com. Yeah. So, straight from the horse's mouth there, they've said they do not anticipate it to be on any monthly gaming subscription services. Mm. Now, obviously, that's not a definitive no, but it's pretty clear as day to imply, mm, nah, not, not yet anyway. Not yet, yeah. I mean, it, it, eventually, it probably will. It will probably down the road, but I think for for release. Um, but then I guess I guess the underside to not going on to a streaming service straight away is, or not streaming service, a uh, subscription service, is the product that they release has to be good, or yeah. it has to be it has to be playable enough. Because obviously, some like you're aiming, obviously you aim for your game to be amazing every time. But I guess I would I I think for me. I think for me as a as a game and wrestling fan, I think for me it's being able to pick up and play, and that's why. And we talked about this when we talked about WWE Two K Twenty Two. I like the fact that the control systems for the latest WWE game were quite straightforward and kind of they were a bit different to what I was used to. But the suit, the more I played, the more I, I kind of got into it a lot more. So it's got to be a game you can pick up and play. It's it's got to obviously capture that AEW magic, obviously. There might be some issues with wrestlers featured at the moment in terms of front and center on your packaging. Is that the final but, packaging artwork? Do we know for the game? It, it might change, but at the moment that's that's mm. continuously what the packaging is. Yeah, and you can't escape it because they keep 
mentioning it every week on TV. So you still at some point yeah. see the, see uh, but then it, you keep CM punking the face. And I can't make that work. But, but then, but the then again, I think Cody Rhodes is a playable character anyway. So it's kind of like, yes, well, which is ridiculous itself. <laughs> it's like Cody Rhodes is a playable character in this. But it's like, I think Keith Lee's a playable character in 2K22, but he's not. I mean, hey, look, at least Mia Yim's back in the company now, which we didn't actually talk yeah. about earlier, but she's now back yes. in WWE. Yes, she is the solution to the Rare Ripley problem. It's it's nice to see Mia Yim back. I think I think Mia Yim unfortunately had a bit of a rough shake of the stick mm. because of rec- because of retribution because of events. Now, and the fact is, under Triple H in NXT, she was having a decent little run. And Not her amazing. and Rhea Ripley, I bet, can have some damn good matches. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so that's really good, good to see her aligned with the OC. Yeah. So yeah, yes, yeah. on the AEW game front, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next update is going to be. Mm. At this point. I don't think the game is releasing before the end of the year. I reckon it will be end of the by end of first quarter. So whenever when's Revolution? That's normally February time. February, right? yeah. I think they'll end. I, I reckon March. February March time personally. But I think yeah. we're getting to the point now where I don't want to say the hype train for the game needs to amp up, but I think we're getting to a point now where there needs to be a more tangible, semi-regular updates as opposed yeah. to like once every quarter in yeah. essence. And then, and, and the fact is, 2K were very good with WWE 2K22 in their promotion mm. run because it's like when they were when they had the date and they were really steamrolling towards it, you'd have developer updates, you'd have roster reveals and stuff like that. So there's still a lot of stuff that they could do. So hopefully, AEW Games has been all right in terms of making news and making announcements. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see. We shall see. Indeed. So let, let, let's really deviate now because we don't often talk about this company, but let's talk yeah. about the National Wrestling Alliance, the NWA. Yes. So Nick Aldis, formerly known as Magnus, formerly known as Brutus Magnus, depending on how far back you want to go into or, his career. Or I think he's also Oblivion in Gladiators for Sky. Correct. Yes. Sky One's Gladiators. <laughs> yes. I, I actually, remember I actually, interviewed him during that time. I think... I think I might have mentioned it in a previous episode, but I actually had a, I actually got a, a money. I think when he just died in TNA, I actually met him at a London Comic Con, and mm. and he signed he, he signed a picture for me. And I think I think I I, I randomly ch- I, I chatted to him about Gladiator Ages, and I kind of thought, oh well, this is a step as like, oh, wrestling's a nice sort of step, uh, is a career change from doing Gladiators, and in and he just went, well, actually, I've been wrestling all, quite a lot. So ah, oh, I learned something new. Yeah, he's did, did a lot of stuff in the independent scene. And what I remember interviewing him a, a few times around that time and sort of really, sort of getting to know what he had done at that point, as it were. Yeah, but, uh, right but sorry, but I, I digress. So Nick Aldis revealed in a social media video, which was then removed, mm-hmm. that he was planning to leave the NWA. In essence, handing in his notice, which it's come out since was contractually obligated to be a 60-day notice period. Mm-hmm. Now, seemingly, whatever the context is, I can't fully remember, but the long and short of it is NWA slash Billy Corgan were not happy about that. There was some words said, as it were, more pertaining to the conduct of Aldis from the NWA's perspective, kind of always being politicking and stuff like that. Yeah. And there are reports that Billy Corgan spoke negatively of the women's locker room and sort of the beginning well, of a strained I, relationship between... I, I, oh, I, think one of, I think one of the key things is he didn't believe there was uh, enough uh, enough 
talent in the locker room to do like Empower Two because they did. They oh, did and their, that was their all female pay per view, correct? Uh, yeah, they did. They did their all 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 female show. I think I don't know if it was this year or last. I think it was last year actually. They did Empower. Quick look while you're speaking. Uh, yeah, I'm just well. I'm I'm also having a quick look just to uh, just double check what what was said about it. M. There we Empower. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's have a look at the news. Uh, August 28, 2021. Yes. Uh, no, no, I'm trying to look at... Okay. So, no, yeah. So, he basically said there were no plans, uh, no plans for it until we can provide a world-class event with some of the best professional wrestlers. So... Yeah, wasn't that also an event that was curated in essence by Mickey James, i.e. the partner of Aldous? Yes, I, I seem to recall so. there was there was, some, there was there was a special theme about that show. I remember because that I think because I think there was some like some kind of well, it was kind of like a big showcase for certain wrestlers, like for example Lady Frost, who went on to sign I think for Impact. But I think that relationship has soured somewhat as well. Hmm. But that, that's another story for yeah. another time. Um, so but, following on yeah. from this, and obviously the comments that have come out and such, and even Aldous has said, I think Aldous has alluded to the fact of if if my decision is anything potentially relating to do with the lack of there being another Empower show, you'd be correct. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, yeah. but that's in essence what he said. Yeah. So clearly it's a bit of a strained relationship and whatnot, but this has also mm. now escalated in that the NWA has suspended Nick Aldis from the events that are taking place this coming weekend. One yeah. was a pay-per-view where Aldis was scheduled to have a not high-profile singles match, but a yeah. match on the show nonetheless. And they were I also think, doing some tapings of television as well after that, I believe. I think he was also recently removed from a title match for some reason that wasn't necessarily explained. Oh, I think I think I ever heard someone say that it, he was replaced by Tyrus, the former. Yeah. What was the Funkadactyl thing called? Brodus Clay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a callback. There you go. Mm. So yeah, it's all it's all sad, but like Nick Aldis is a fantastic performer. He can talk mm. supremely well. Has some great matches. Look back at the, the freaking match with Cody Rhodes he had, or the, the matches yeah. plural. Like they yeah. were both great, but the one in, in at all in in particular is the one that stands out to me in the build to that. In terms of where he could go next, I, I don't know exactly if he would fit into the AEW dynamic in its current form. It kind of I, feels like that there doesn't really feel like a natural fit for him there at the moment. I, would I, I like think, to see him there? Yes, but do I think he would fit in at the moment? I don't know where, as it were. Well, Mickey's currently doing a doing the storyline in Impact where when she loses her next match, she has to retire. So there could he, be... He's got history with Impact, as we talked about. He could, he could go back to Impact. Though though it, it would be... I think it would be quite surreal because his contract only comes up in January. What happens in January, Jeremy? Happy New Year. No, other than I, Happy I, New I, Year. I know, I know. Yeah. A, a certain... <laughs> I mean, you, could, you could say... A certain royal-based rumble may happen. Yeah, might bump into Cody in the rumble and go, "Hey, remember we fought for for a belt, belt for the other company." And, and then Cody like, will oh, go, yeah. and then Cody will go, "No, I don't remember." <laughs> <laughs> Cody likes his Cody likes his wrestling history. Triple yeah, H but, likes uh, but, his wrestling but when history. Cody was challenging for the AW title at the start of the company, he didn't acknowledge he won the NWA title. Mean. <laughs> I'm just saying, just mean. I mean, but I, I mean. Considering considering we're at a stage when Mickey James could 
pretty much start entering the Hall of Fame any year now. Mm-hmm. Arguably, I mean, should already be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, this should already, yeah. I mean, there's a. I mean, there is a potential kind of nice sort of full circle moment of Mickey and her husband working for the biggest company, the one of the biggest wrestling companies in the world. It's like just for for that for even for a short period, it would be quite. It would be quite. I think surreal because because all this has been in NWA and Impact forever. It just feels surreal. It's like when it's like when James Storm just randomly turned up on an NXT episode like years ago. It's like, mm. well, this is something new. This is something weird. I mean, I'm not sure if it will work out if you go to WWE. I mean, the safest bet is you might pop up an impact for a bit. It, it, that's it. But the but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But it's just like considering all this has been very synonymous with NWA for so long. This is kind of like, huh. This seems to be a bit of a big deal, mm. in a way. Now, to be devil's advocate, if this all turns out just to be a complete elaborate ruse and he ends up does being on the pay-per-view and is just back as a big full-time heel or something, then fair play, you guys worked us mm. all. You know, on, yeah. the off, on the off chance it is, because you can never be too sure in this world. Yeah, yeah, you can. But I, I mean, it's got people talking. It's got people... Well, it's got, it's exactly. Got us mentioned, it's got us mentioned about it. I mean, just quickly, just quickly. Now, we'll, we'll leave the link. We'll just talk for a little bit, but or we we pretty much have. I just want to briefly say that one of the most addictive things that I have been listening to is from Impact, and it's the Joe Henry theme song. Have you seen Joe Henry's latest gimmick? Or I've just, not. Just basically, no. Joe Henry just being Joe Henry. But basically, it's just Joe Henry's just being basically like all you need in life is the power of Joe Henry. And then he has this big sort of musical on a big musical moment. It's like, say his name and he'll appear to you, the Joe Henry. It's like there's some real surreal bits on Impact TV at the moment where the backstage is like, don't you say his name. Don't you say his name. And then Joe Henry just turns up with his little musical intro. <laughs> and everyone else just claps along. It's it's bizarre. It's wonderfully funny. But it's just like it's 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 one of just the most random left field tangent things that I've I've kind of enjoyed just glancing at impact now and then. Mm. I keep into wanting to watch impact. It's just that it's a harsh way of putting it. I hear this, there's some good stuff in Impact. It's it's honestly always a really solid show. I occasionally try and find some bits and bobs where I can, but sometimes it's just nature of life doesn't necessarily allow me to add a lot more extra or when I do I want it to be certain things in particular for example like how I watched yeah. Crown Jewel I just Makes ended sense. up doing it just stumbled into it yeah basically <laughs> so the final thing we'll briefly touch on because I appreciate we're sort of running over the time we were aiming for here the Montreal screw job, mm-hmm. as I alluded to at the very beginning of this here show today, was 25 years ago today. It was either way, it is a monumental moment when it comes to wrestling. It changed the landscape of a lot of things. And at the time, for want of a better phrasing, I was I was a young Jeremy who was not smart to the industry. So a lot of this flew over my head. It's only been from years gone by from watching the Wrestling With Shadows documentary and other bits and bobs and just other scuttlebutt things you've read and heard about that you really understood the full picture and what this meant. And obviously, from just quite frankly, 
the very long time it took for Bret Hart to even remotely consider Owen Hart related matters notwithstanding to come back to the WWE in any capacity. Like that was a long, deep seated thing that took a long time to try and sort of smooth over. But ultimately it did have a massive impact in the wrestling industry. There's a lot of what ifs there. What if Bret Hart had still been in the WWF come 98? 1998 like one of the biggest years going into 99 what what could have happened there's so many what ifs but i don't know if you ever go back and watch like a lot of the 97 stuff ian but watching that match it's such a hard-hitting match like the, the way that brett and sean work with each other there is something about it where you're like that that felt snug to me and I don't know. What do I know? I'm just a fan. But it's just the way that match goes about knowing what ultimately is going to happen, where you have zero clue that it's going to happen when it does. It, it's, it is remarkable how it all ultimately unfolded. Mm. I mean, I actually haven't watched the match itself, but I have. But it has been covered to to high to high hell mm-hmm. back in a lot of WWE documentaries. Um, so the whole context, the elements around it and so forth are, are very well known to me in a way. Um, in essence, it's it's kind of, it's it's where certain big things happened for WWF in a way at the time. You had obviously the birth of Mr. McMahon, villainous heel boss. Which Brett would be, screwed which Brett, would be, that infamous yeah. line. Yeah, the infamous line there, and yeah, the the birth of a character who would be the antithesis to Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's it's kind of without that you don't get that in a way. Um, yeah, I mean, I I haven't really got much really more to 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 really kind of muse on it. Really, I mean, obviously it is a landmark event in wrestling. Obviously, as you say, certain big things happened because of this, and there are some great what ifs in a way. There are indeed. So yeah, if you're not familiar with the Montreal Screwjob, first of all, good on you. Like, how the heck do you not know about it? But uh, it, it is <laughs> worth going back and like reading up on it or looking up some documentaries because it is it is a fascinating time capsule of, of of an industry at that time. And when you look at what it became, and ultimately, mm. like what Brett, Brett what Brett went on to do, quite frankly, like things mm. things have not changed since. Mm. But um, before we wrap up, though, I will just say a quick random update when it comes to AEW. Uh, advertised per AEW's Twitter for Dynamite tonight is the following. The acclaimed and FTR versus the Gun Club, or just the Guns as it's put here, and Swerve in Our Glory in an eight-man tag match. Brian Danielson and Sammy Kavara, two out of three falls. Eliminate a tournament match, Eddie Kingston v. Ethan Page. Jamie Hater versus Sky Blue. It does just say blue on here, but I had to think, who the heck is blue? And it's not blue meaning. Uh, we hear from the AEW World Champ John Moxley. Britt Baker and Soraya will be face to face, apparently, because it didn't happen last week. And we will hear from MJF. Pretty loaded show, and one assumes there will undoubtedly be some more things to occur as well as we have alluded to. Mm hmm. So it's going to be a loaded dynamite. And uh, like I said, everyone, we are hoping to be back in the saddle on this, be it next week, perhaps more than likely the week after to review Full Gear. But either way, we will be back within the next couple of weeks to talk lots more wrestling and no doubt how things unfold or lead to Full Gear. And we will elaborate and discuss accordingly and see what our respective brains thought of the late night Saturday 
extravaganza that will be the full gear. In some, some relatively breaking news from the past hour or so, we were talking about the NWA and we mentioned the Empower show and you mentioned Lady Frost getting signed to Impact following that show and such. Uh, yeah. Lady Frost has reportedly been granted her release from Impact Wrestling. Hey! Apparently she announced in... she The 37-year-old announced in June that she had requested to be released from the company. It was then revealed in August that Impact had not granted the request. According to a report from Fightful, and this, this, this what I'm reading is per the Wrestling Observer... Mm-hmm. Uh, according to a report from Fightful Select, Frost was officially released from the company last month. There were people within the company pushing for it as it didn't seem productive to keep her under contract. Oh, yeah. It, it's simple. If you've got a talent who doesn't want to be there, unless there is a legitimate reason why you need to keep them, let them be free. Indeed. In a way. Indeed. So on that note, everybody, thank you very much for checking out this edition of Bunker Mania, the official pro wrestling podcast of Bunkerzilla UK. You can find us on Twitter by searching at Bunkerzilla UK. And if you're watching the video version on YouTube, if you feel so inclined, hit that subscribe button so you can be notified as to when we go live with future broadcasts. If you're checking out the audio version and you found us on the likes of Apple, Spotify, Stitcher and such, thank you very much for for listening to us on there and make sure to tell a friend we would really appreciate it if you enjoyed the show good sir any other closing thoughts before we wrap up proper uh no not really as always if you want to send your wrestling thoughts then buckshot lariat them with communications over to bunkermania at bunkerzilla.co.uk see i'm making these better every episode jeremy oh i just wasn't expecting <laughs> buckshot lariat them over sorry i wasn't expecting that one <laughs> <laughs> I I want to open I want to open my emails and have an email just do a barrel roll just do a forward front flip and then clothesline me. I was going to do that's a barrel roll. That's something completely different. Like- well, that's Star Fox. But anyway. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back within the next few weeks where no doubt in some way, shape or form, we'll either be previewing or reviewing AEW's full gear. Until next time, take care and speak to you soon. Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at bunkazilla.co.uk. Ooh.